0: So please, Avengers, don't sue us, we don't have money. <laughs> that stoners will be stoned. And then the car just floors it and it's just... It gets like the hell out of there real fast. It crosses like a medium. Remember how I explained there's a difference between Oh, Haunted House Scream and a I Am About To Die Scream? Well, I believe that this is more of a I Am About To Die Scream. Michael kicks the door, the driver's side door open, hits the gun. She flips it around and blows her own brains out. I'm like, are you kidding me? No problem, Ryan Reynolds. Anything for you. Empowering herself with the power of penis, Yes, yes, it's very weird. If you are in a haunted house that has the walls covered with oil, that should be a red sign. This is a haunted house, not a goddamn O'Reilly's Auto Parts. This can only be one of two things. It's either a video game world, kind of like GTA, or it's Detroit. Yeah, when you turn on the serial killer that you were interviewing for your news reporting TV show, yeah... You're kind of fucked. Killer. I'm Phoebe. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm podcast. Why do people call you podcast? Oh, I call myself podcast because of my podcast. Hey, that's my line. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Tyler's Thursday Takes. Today we are going to be reviewing the 2021 movie Ghostbusters Afterlife. This movie has an IMDB rating of 7.3 out of 10. That is above average my friends. A 7.3 out of 10. (laughs) So just a, a quick couple things about this movie. The main cast... Has some of the weirdest names ever. So your main characters include Callie, who's going to be the mom. We have... Gooberson. We have Trevor. Trevor's normal. Phoebe's a normal name. Podcast. The kid you just heard. His name is Podcast. That is his entire name throughout the entire movie is Podcast. And Lucky... How did they pick these people's names? Did they use a random name generator? Like, honestly, this is crazy. But, without further ado, we should just get right on into this. It's always going to be hard reviewing a movie that is a remake of an older movie. Whether it's a remake or a... What's it called? Or a... I, I'm drawing completely a blank. Where they try to remake a movie, but they try to renew it or whatever. But anyways, let's get right on into it. So it starts off this old farm just out in the middle of nowhere. This guy's driving a car. He's hauling it through the town and everything. Gets to his gets to his his little farm out in the middle of nowhere. It's this old guy. He's running in. He's got what looks like to be the old Ghostbusters trap. He runs inside, he gets up to his front porch, he turns around, he looks like he's setting a trap and he steps on it, and the thing doesn't work. So now, he just goes and runs into his house, where the inevitable pretty much happens. And for a lot of you uneducated people, that was the sound of a ghost killing an old man sitting in a chair. Because I know a lot of you may not know what that sounds like, but I do. You get used to it. They call me podcast because of my podcast. <laughs> it's just so weird. So because of that, her the the old man who died of course, well, his daughter's gonna inherit the house, but ooh, his daughter's kind of an alcoholic who kind of neglects her children and's kind of piece of a shit and is getting evicted from her apartment and guess she just got daddy's house, so she's just gonna go cash in there for the night because like i, I she seems like such a great person, and so they go there and they start messing with everything, start finding all the different stuff. Like, and immediately while they're there, just fucking random earthquakes start happening because, like, it's right in the middle of fucking Oklahoma or some shit like that. So, yeah, fuck, just random earthquakes, you know, just happens all the time. And so you kind of start to realize who the, who what this family structure is. So Trevor is the teenage boy who t- is starting to get a thing for girls, if you know what I mean. He starts hitting on Lucky. Her name is Lucky. I swear to God, they came up with these names in a random name generator, not even that item generator. They're playing fucking Mad Libs with the names over here, and so he's got this crush on this girl, and the daughter, the daughter is a really weird character, Phoebe, because she, I don't know if she's supposed to be autistic or something, and that's not me just saying, oh, she's stupid, no, because she's, like, hyper intelligent, but it, It's not, like, a certain thing. She's just, for some reason, a genius about everything. But she doesn't have social skills. And she's unable to, like, interact socially. So, like, they even start... They're practicing jokes on the way to school. Why should you never trust Adams? Because they make up everything. Let's go! I have a shirt that says that. (laughs) It's one of my favorite shirts. I've had it for years. I hate that she used it in this movie because it's kind of a waste, but Uh, it's such a great joke. like that kid instantly is going to become the coolest kid in class, but now she ends up meeting podcast and Paul Rudd, who is Mr. Gooberson, he is the teacher of summer school And all he's doing is he just rolls in a TV. And he's like, hey, y'all can watch a Cujo for 30 minutes. And he's basically in the back studying seismic activity. And he's like, oh, something weird is happening here. And And basically kind of gives you an insight that, oh, you know, this has been happening. And it's really weird, but nobody's done anything because it's a small hick town. And nobody does anything for whatever reason. And so now they decide to go home. And while she's, while Phoebe's at home at least, she's in her bed, and out of nowhere behind her, just the fucking chessboard just decides to yeet itself off, yeet itself off the counter. Like, it wasn't falling, it was flat, and it just goes, Hee-hee! But what would be a modern day movie without literally spoon feeding you the plot? And before you go, oh, Tyler, well, how come you make fun of Phoebe for knowing so much about stuff, but podcast, he knows so much about this mind that's on the middle of nowhere. Isn't that weird? Are you going to say anything about that? No, because he has a podcast where he researches this. This is like his thing, so it makes sense. So I still don't like the fact that they're just like, here's plot point out of nowhere that this 12 year old knows, but it it's understandable until one day they were forced to close down the whole enchilada why one by one miners who had worked for years began leaping down the mineshaft to their death they called it the Shandorian curse and so now that we got ourselves a nice little juicy bit of main plot point here they begin to she goes back home and the chessboard that we talked about earlier. She begins to move the pieces on it, and as I was watching this movie, I was like, "I bet you." I, I turned to my girlfriend. I said, "I bet you twenty bucks right now that she's gonna start playing chess with the fucking with the ghost." And so she moves the piece, and then she goes. She goes to school and all that, but before she goes to school, she finds this like puzzle board on the ground, and she puts it together like a fucking jigsaw and. And lo and behold, underneath it is the classic old Ghostbusters trap. You know, the one where they like slide it under there and they step on the pedal and well, she thinks it's a great idea to take it to school where Paul Rudd, Mr. Gooberson's like, Oh, look, it's a little, what a replica. And they're like, yep, replica. And he starts messing with it. And like a ghost comes out for a second and goes, it's not a replica, is it? And so they get the brilliant idea to take it outside and hook it up to the buses And let's just fucking try to open it. And so now that they managed to let this demon that podcast ends up finding out. This just the the baddest of the bad. Now that they let him out. Because why not? It flies out to the fucking death cave mountain. And because of that now fucking trevor's over here trying to get his mini richard ramirez looking ass moves on and he's going up to lucky and they go out to like in every hick town you have nothing to do so they go sit at this old oil rig which is right above fucking death canyon (laughs) because that's where the miners were and as he's sitting up there it starts shaking and this thing is suspended too like this is only held on by a wire they could fall and die at any second and so he looks down into the into the mountain and he sees like this red flames and bubbling stuff and the fucking thing just straight up fucking talks to him. Now, I know that may have been a little difficult to understand, but we're going to go ahead and slow it down and really listen. If you listen, you can kind of hear it say Gozor, but we're going to we're going to break just get real quiet. We're going to try to listen to what they actually say here just take a listen hi billy mays here with Zorbies. Well, wow, truly truly amazing but yeah anyway so the ghost is like Zor, and it flies out of course it scares the shit out of everyone but it doesn't completely scare the shit out of them because they all just kind of start laughing afterwards you know that, that's what i do when i see a fucking demon come out of the thing that i was just sitting above two seconds ago i don't nearly just shit my pants And so this is the type of shit that I was talking about earlier. So she ends up going into this basement where it has all the old ghost busting stuff. And somehow, and my girlfriend pointed this out, she's like, Oh, well, the ghost helps her. No, 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 no. This is her first reaction to seeing the proton pack. She pops off the back, and this is the very first thing that she says. Two of the CRT emitters are missing. See? What does she know about like fucking nuclear fission and shit? I I don't under I don't I don't know any fucking child, movie or not, that is this knowledgeable about just f- fucking science in general. If you do, why is your mom so neglectful? How come you haven't been taken by the fucking government? Why why? You could be drawing up fucking battle plans, making miniature nukes that you put inside of your fucking toothbrush and blow Kim Jong Un's ass to fucking smithereens, like. There's no fucking way. Yes, and so now that the 12-year-old has managed to put together a nuclear fission backpack, they decide to go test it out in the field. When they hear something coming from inside this abandoned building, and they go in and they see a fucking ghost, and of course, Podcast is kind of losing his shit. But no, not Mrs. fucking Asperger's autism lady over here, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that as an insult, but she doesn't, like, convey emotions or something, and I'm guessing that's what it is. But this is her reaction to when he's like, why are you not freaking out? Overstimulation calms me. Oh. And so yeah, after her, the overstimulation calming her, the f- she tries to blast it with the proton plaster and she gets a hold of it and she get, like wraps it up, but they fail to secure it because podcasts can't throw a fucking thing along a flat surface. So it flips over and they're completely screwed. And at the same time, Trevor is working on trying to fix the car because he's being a normal teenager. He wants to drive a car. That is what he is doing. And then we get to see this wonderful, terribly cgi would movie bullshit. Like, just take a car and drive it through some corn. Like, it was so badly cgi would I remember turning over to my girlfriend and I'm like, God, they couldn't put any more effort into this? Like, just buy a car. Do something. Like, it just looks so bad. Anyways, they have a chance meeting with each other, and Phoebe's like, we gotta go chase that ghost, and so they hop in the car, and nobody's asking too many questions, they're just like, okay, let's go get it, and they start chasing after it, and she's firing the proton plaster at it through the middle of town, causing havoc to literally everything. Like, I swear to God, 30 people had to have died, because there's no way this literal nuclear beam doesn't slice people, it's cutting through buildings, but it doesn't slice anybody in half, or even burn them. Like, what's going on here? And because of that, they get put in jail. Literal jail. The 15 and the two 12-year-olds get put in jail. They don't call the parents or anything like that. They don't be like, oh, I haven't seen y'all around here. Why are y'all doing all this? They're like, oh, terrorists. (laughs) And so Phoebe gets one call. And instead of calling her mom, she fucking calls, you guessed it, the Ghostbusters. No, we were the dead ones. Well, don't you think he might have had a reason? He found me about ten years later. Some small town in Oklahoma kept rambling on about the rising storm. The huge psychic tornado that was going to consume humanity in darkness forever. Now, and, kid, I wanted to believe. You don't understand. There's this mountain, and it has these ancient carvings, Kid, and... kid, kid, there are a lot of mountains out there with ancient carvings. Take a little advice. Don't go chasing ghosts. Egon Spangler was my grandfather. So can somebody please explain to me why Ray doesn't believe her? Like, she, he's talking about how, oh yeah, Egon went crazy and went up into the mountains and started taking all this ghost hunting stuff because he said there were ghosts in the mountain. Y'all are Ghostbusters. This is y'all's job. And he's like, I wanted to believe it. This is your job. Why are you just abandoning Egon like that like god damn dude y'all ain't doing shit for my homie and so the cop ends up hanging up the call cause he's like oh a douchebag, and the parents come by and pick up the kids except for podcasts we don't know what happened to podcast. he could still be in that jail to this day and so they go back home and the mother's like stop asking about your grandfather why do you care and she's like cause he was a scientist she was like well he abandoned me because he's a piece of shit, and you're entitled to your opinion, but he's a piece of shit, and this is where my girlfriend and I kind of bickered a little bit, I understand why the mom feels this way, because in her eyes, her father left her for no reason, and went to go live in a farm, like, that has to be traumatic to a child, like, if I was seven years old, and I'm like, daddy, look, I, I, I caught a, I caught a butterfly, and he's like, I'm going out to the middle of Oklahoma to live on a farm. Don't follow me. he just never comes back. I would think I did something wrong. But they were both kind of wrong. And so now we get our wonderful Walmart sponsorship where fucking there's just big old Walmart as big as you you can see. Because now Paul Rudd character is going and getting some ice cream stuff. And as he's sitting there, he notices that the marshmallow bag kind of starts fucking moving around. Now again, I understand to the untrained ears, that may not have sounded like anything, but to my ears, I've learned to listen. So as you hear the crunching, you understand that it's miniature. Stay of marshmallow men, <laughs> and these things are fucking adorable. Like they're an inch tall, completely homicidal as fuck, <laughs> but they're adorable. <laughs> they're squishy. They, they're like jumping off to their death one gets run over and smeared along the ground by a fucking Roomba one gets blended so they're completely homicidal and suicidal and fucking terrifying beings but they're cute and so now because of that Paul Rudd's character is like fuck this and he starts running and he sees the giant dog thing I forget its name because it's fucking mythical and shit. But it's the same dog that was in the original Ghostbusters. And throughout this movie, you're kind of getting the feeling that they wanted to almost recreate the first one. But it just doesn't translate the way that they think it is. Because in the first one, we'll go into this later. But that's the feeling that you're kind of getting throughout most of it. And so now, he's running from it. Because this thing's fucking terrifying. And eventually, it catches up to him at his car. And uh, his car doesn't have a windshield because when the ghost bust out of the thing the first time, it shattered everything. Yep, that's right. Paul Rudd just became possessed, Rudd, <laughs> because now it got a hold of him, which means he's kind of screwed. And all this time, the kids are now at the diner, and they're talking about all the spooky stuff that happens, and who are you going to call, and all this stuff, and they're like, we need to do something about it, because there's ghosts that are going to come up and destroy everything. And at the same time, the mother gets led down the pole thing, into the basement that her daughter was led into. And as she goes down there, she starts looking at the desk, and this light actually points over to this like bulletin board, and it's just covered with pictures of her. And so you can tell that Egon was thinking about it the whole time. Even though he was never able to be around her because of the stuff that he was working on. And it was dangerous and he never wanted to put her in danger. And she notices that. And she must feel like a massive douche. (laughs) But before any of that can come to any type of fruition or even realize what she's feeling. (laughs) And no, she did not get attacked by a lion. That was the other dog thing possessing her. So now there's two of them. And if you remember from the original Ghostbusters, all they gotta do is get together. And it's gonna open up the gates to the afterworld. But the kids are onto something. Because while the adults were getting possessed, the unsupervised children, you know, the neglected children managed to go inside of the old vault you know the one that was kind of rickety the one that looked like it was gonna fall whenever trevor and lucky were on it i mean she must be fucking lucky because they should have died on that thing they go all the way down and they see it's like almost like an egyptian tomb and there's like this giant statue of a person there's even this guy in a glass coffin. Who appears to be the guy who first created the town. And they see this massive well in the bottom. And they look down and it's the same red glowy stuff that was there the first time. That was like, oh, Zor. And as they all start coming up. They hit this like, this e- EMP reader. Which sets off four more proton packs. Which pushes it back down. So it's kind of like a safeguard thing. So they realize, huh, everything's kind of in check. That is until they all left it unsupervised and Paul, sorry, and possessed Rudd, Mr. Gooberson, decides he's going to go fucking Hulk smash and he just completely changes the trajectory of this plasma cannon and destroys the other one, which means all the ghosts are able to get out now. So now the two of them consummate, open up the gates and james charles <laughs> comes straight out of the portal okay so it's not actually james charles but it looks a lot like james fucking charles <laughs> and he just comes out of the fucking i don't know if it's a he or a she i think it's a she but she comes out of the portal And you almost expect them to go, Hey sisters! It's just... I know they look like that in the first one also. But now James Charles is a thing. And the fact that this person is now about to be confronted by multiple young children... (laughs) You see where I'm going with this, right? (laughs) But anyways, so the kids see it. And they're like, we gotta do something about it. So they go and get all their ghost busting stuff. And they get, it. and so they get the jumpsuits, but these jumpsuits are made for grown men. But they just somehow slide into them like it's nothing. I, I I know it means nothing, but it's just something that I was like, "You're shitting me! I can't buy a pair of pants that are baggy, without trying on 50 pairs." But they throw on these jumpsuits, and they're like, "Perfect." But, so they go to confront the demon thing, because they realize that the mom. And Mr. Guberson are the ones possessed, and they're like, we gotta save them." And so Phoebe does her stupid fucking joke shit where she's distracting them. And while she's got James Charles all nice and distracted. Are you prepared to die? No, I'm twelve. Are you? see this is more stuff on top of it like why so anyways got him with the yeah oh we got him with the trap podcast put the fucking r2d2 trap underneath it and hit the button and it sucked up the demon and so the mom is now free which sucked up half of the james charles monster but uh, what i was saying initially was she she's not good in social situations i don't understand why her character makes no sense her character is a kid who supposedly knows everything. Who is supposedly great in social situations all of a sudden also, apparently. <laughs> but I thought she was supposed to be bad at social cues. I thought that's why they were practicing jokes. She seems to be doing just fine to me. So, what? Well, what's the character story, huh? No, what's your character here? Is it just perfect girl who is smart and everything? Anyway, uh... We'll come back to that later. Anyway, so they start driving away because now they're being chased by the other dog. And because of that, they got a fucking bolt. But they have a plan. So as they're driving away, the other dog is chasing them, trying to get a hold of them. And basically, they take the thing, I don't know what to call it, the fucking ghost trap on wheels. They get it into the car and they lure it back to the dirt ghost house. to Egon's old house, and while they're there, they turn on the big old machine that Egon was supposed to get. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for this thing to work. It's not working. Uh... But thanks to the state puff marshmallow turds, they completely fuck their shit up. Like, they completely destroyed that proton pack. And now, the James Charles fucking person's gonna get the upper hand. And they're like, prepare to get shit on. Get your hot dog water, kid. And due to the fact that they are very much hot dog water, she manages to pull Lucy over to. Or not Lucy. It's not Lucy. <laughs> Lucy's a normal name. It's fucking lucky. It's fucking lucky. Who ain't so lucky now because she gets pulled right on over to her and she becomes the second dog demon now. <laughs> so she's back to full strength now. and Now she takes her fucking Count Dooku lightning and she's getting ready to fucking zap the fuck out of the mom until the fucking best part of this goddamn movie happens. Hey, Flat top. Have you missed us? Those are the Gozarian. The name of the county of Somerville, state of Oklahoma, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, all the members of Ducks Unlimited, the Association for the Advancement of Retired Persons. I command you under the National Invasive Species Act to depart this world immediately. Bravo. That is right. The boys are back in town. We got Bill Murray. You got the entire cast here. I'm sorry. Let me go get their names. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. You know who. Manages to ruin everybody's names and sound like a complete another douche. Because I, I kind of am if I don't have all the names for it. Because they got everyone. They got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson. They got the originals out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I know this whole movie is supposed to be nostalgia. They're trying. And I'm just so glad that they actually put them in here. Because it's at least... Something. And it really shows you the difference. Between what the movie was. That they were trying to replicate. And how this movie is turning out. Because you listen to these three talk together. I don't know if it's just Bill Murray. But they. There's like a cohesiveness between the three of them. They're they're just guys at work. This is like their job. But for. The kids and especially the girl in this story she's just what God she knows everything about everything the whole f- the whole thing that was funny about Spangler was that he was incredibly smart but he was incredibly awkward she's not coming off that way he would be like well because of isotopic programs and uh, you know imagine that this is a twinkie the size of New York and so he was weird but that's not how this worked he, she's just a genius but also a social butterfly at the same time it makes no sense but they got the boys back and the boys are just gonna wreck shop now right you know my sense of fun and your personality but no you always had to vanquish conquer or always had to maim somebody And that's probably the number one reason why. Good try, anyway. Now we're finished, babe. We're finished. And no, they pretty much get their ass handed to them immediately because they are old. (laughs) Let's not bypass that fact—they are very old. But who's here to save the day besides twelve-year-old girl who happens to be a genius? Yay! And all of a sudden, her one proton phaser is just as strong as everybody else's combined proton phasers. And holy shit, because of the power of strong independent child. (laughs) But there is a nice kind of touching moment as as she's doing it. Her grandfather comes up and they do the father-daughter kamehameha. If you know Dragon Ball Z, you know what I'm talking about. When fucking Goku comes up behind Gohan, and he's like, ah, it's literally the same thing. Literally the same thing. And so now, all four of them get together. They cross the beams, and they're holding this fucking demon in place. And they're not letting her go. And so now, Mini Richard Ramirez Trevor <laughs> gets his proton pack working. And he decides, oh, I'll just shoot it at the electric transformers because that's obviously the reason why it didn't work at first, right? Because the transformers blew and fucking somehow it works. So yeah, this entire minefield of fucking, of, of ghost traps, I don't know how they got so many of them, or how, holy crap, what's his name? How Egon got so many of them, I know he stole a bunch of them, but that's a lot of fucking traps. It basically sucks up everything between there and Timbuktu, and it's all cleaned down now. And I mean, there's no more ghosts. So they're all sitting there, and Bill Murray's like, oh, you did did good. You did good, Spangler. Oh, yeah, so yeah, we're uh, going to go have hot chocolate. Good good, good job with all that. Like, maybe it's just Bill Murray, but I feel like he does a great job of kind of just being nonchalant about everything because that's who the character is. And that's it for the end of the movie for the most part. I mean, everyone has their, like, get-together moments where Trevor gets and hugs Lucy. Fucking Mr. Gooverson decides to go with the shittiest mom in the entire world with the neglectful... I'm almost certain she's abusive. The neglectful alcoholic mother who, again, neglects her children. <laughs> and there's even a nice little after credit scene where... If you remember in the original Ghostbusters movie, Bill Murray would play this like con thing where he had cards up, and if you were right or wrong, he would shock you, but he would only shock the guys and all that and so there it's a callback to the original Ghostbusters movie so it's just uh, it's another thing that I felt like it was trying too hard, so why don't we just we'll go ahead and just get right? On into this review and try not to spend any time just talking about anything. So, we got to start off with the plot. So, for the plot, and this might be a little bit controversial, and I got into a bit of an argument with my girlfriend about it because I feel like it does. Let me know if you feel otherwise, but I feel like the plot includes characters. So, for the plot, I gave it a 1.5. I felt like the plot was fine. The plot makes some sense where you know the family goes out, inherits the old farm, it's kind of weird in the middle of nowhere, weird shit happens, and they figure out it's ghosts and on top of like a thing, and their father was onto that. And that, I mean, I can buy into that. The part I can't buy into is how exaggerated these characters are. Like, the mom is a shitty person, but they make her seem like kooky and fun when if it was like the dad he would just be like a piece of shit like he would look like the fucking coach from the bad news bears where he smokes drinks all the time he's like I fuck because it's it I, I don't know maybe it's just me but she drinks the entire time neglects her children and they get evicted from the apartment because she can't hold down a job like, she's not a good person, and they they make her out to be one? And then, can somebody explain to me why Paul Rudd's character is going for the shittiest mom? Like, she's not a good person. At all. She's bumming food off of and She was gold-digging you, dude, for some goddamn Chinese food. And then, don't even get me started on the daughter. Like, what the fuck is her deal? I understand if they're smart because, like, their grandfather was a scientist. But... They don't just know fucking everything. But apparently they just know everything. And that's that that seems lazy. So it would have been a lot higher. But the fact that the characters just weren't good at all just really brought it down. The acting, I gave a 1. Because I don't know whether to contribute that to the characters or if they were putting that into the characters if they were the ones that were going so overboard with the characters and the the daughter just ugh, I don't, maybe I'm just getting hung up on the daughter who's the actress or whatever too much but like she just seemed to be too much it wasn't natural it was some. it seemed forced it seemed like oh I'm so smart I know everything and so that, there's nothing that could stop me I mean, everything else was fine. It wasn't insane acting, but I mean, you had the boys coming at the end, so that was always nice. And then for cinema, I gave it—I gave it a one. Honestly, it—it it looks nice. I'll give it that. You have—it's a Ghostbusters movie. You're gonna get a lot of fucking money put into it. It's gonna look nice recording. It's gonna—you're gonna get good cameras. But man you got to learn when and when not to use CGI because putting that CGI in there just made it look so cheesy. It completely ruins the mood. It makes it feel like you're going from watching a really nice movie to watching like a video game cutscene. I've got Borderlands open over here. I could just play that and it looks basically the exact same. So for that, too much CGI. I... You could tell that there were times when the dogs were like animatronic. And that was cool. That was a nice callback. But. Man you just. You you, you did too much. There's a fine line you can walk. And you. You. Fucking swan dived over. And fucking Jeff Hardy swanton bombed that shit. And then for bonus points. I went ahead and gave it a one. Because. It's. It's the boys. Like it's the original cast. I. I I really didn't think that they would be able to get the original cast to be in this, which is really really cool honestly. I mean, you had Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and let me get let me just get the names right cuz I don't want to mess it up. Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson. It's really Ernie Hudson, the only one that I I'm having trouble kind of remembering because I I know the other ones pretty well. The other ones aren't hard, but I mean, it it <sighs> It also just kind of illuminates how different the, I guess, uh, the approach to each movie is. For the original Ghostbusters, it was this is their job. This is what they're going to do. And so they treated it like that. It was never like a, oh, we got to do it to save the world type of thing. It was like, oh, it's our job. We got to save the world. And they were just so natural with the all three of them. And it really makes you appreciate the original and it makes it feel like it's, it's something that can't be duplicated. And that's something that I have a real issue with, with most movies nowadays. So with most movies nowadays, I would much, 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 much rather you take the leap, try something different. It doesn't have to be the same thing that everybody else does. That's the issue with reboots and remakes and remasters and stuff like that. It's You're always comparing it to the original. And that's the issue I think happened with this movie. Where I think this movie really went wrong was they tried to make a movie for the older generation, for them to remember. But they made it in the style of today's movies. I know that may be a bit confusing, but in the in the original movies, like I said, it was three guys. it was three dudes just being dudes, and then they had Ernie Hudson come in, and it was four dudes just being dudes, and that's what they did there wasn't much more onto to that. They were like, "Oh, we gotta go stop it. It's our job. that's what we gotta do, and that's just what they did and it was it was a very simple premise it was incredibly funny because they relied on the interactions between not necessarily just the characters, but the actors and actresses themselves. And they did such a great job between everyone just bouncing off each other. And this feels plastic in a way. So, like I said, the daughter doesn't seem like a real person. She seems like she was made in a lab and she just knows everything. She can do no wrong She's supposed to be your perfect, print, perfect protagonist. I mean, her grandfather—the entire, like, allure to her grandfather was the fact that he was so smart and everything, but he was so socially awkward, like most, like a lot of smarter people are, because they focus a lot on learning, and because of that, they don't socialize too much with the outsiders. And I feel like that's something that this movie was. This entire movie, if please give it a watch. Um, I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. It's just under average. It wasn't bad. It tried. But go back and watch it. I guarantee you'll get the same feeling of it's trying so hard. It's trying so hard to be that old movie. But they're not willing to let it. They want to change it to fit the way that they want it to. They need to have their strong female characters. They need to have their redemption arcs. They need to have their romance between every single character. Literally all the main characters in this movie have romantic partners. Every single one of them. Hell, I'm pretty sure the two cook dudes were romantic partners. (laughs) But it just seemed so forced and so faked and so unnecessary you tried to take a good old movie and you tried to remaster it you tried to make it look good for today's audiences you took an old Thunderbird and you replaced all the parts and you turned it into a Toyota Honda I just feel like so much was done To try to make this movie more mainstream. And you just took away from the allure that made the original Ghostbusters what it really was. And so that's why, in my opinion, I would like to see movie producers, directors. Fuck it, me. I'd love to make a movie. Take a risk. Don't rely on a paycheck. You know people are going to pay to see this because it's Ghostbusters. Don't do that. Do something different try you can't go through life making the same thing over and over again because you know it's what's safe you've got to take risks you've got to be able to do something that you're not sure if it'll work and that's the beauty of it that one of my favorite film franchises is Godzilla it's the same thing every time big giant monster comes in but Shin Godzilla changed it they added a whole complete like evolution to it. It wasn't the same story. It wasn't the same monster. It was so many different things. And it was a risk and I liked it and they people need to do that. Movie producers, people in real life, you can't always play it safe. Sometimes you got to take chances. And that's my review of Ghostbusters. It's just sometimes you got to take chances. But like I said, I gave it a whopping 4.5 out of 10. It's not bad. It's like I said, it's right under average. I feel like this is a good movie to watch with kids. If you don't, if they don't know the Ghostbusters movie, if you know the Ghostbusters movie, it's probably going to frustrate you a little bit. <laughs> you're going to watch it and like, what the fuck? But for kids, this could be their Ghostbusters. Who knows? But that is. All that we have for today's episode of Tyler's Thursday Takes, in which we reviewed Ghostbusters Afterlife, the 2021 movie. As we remember, it was given a 7.3 on IMDb. Yeah, so I gave it almost a solid 4 points lower. was actually 3.8, but you get the gist. I would like to give a shout out to my girlfriend's mother for recommending this movie. It's, it's not the worst thing. If you listen to the episode last week, you'll know what the worst thing is. But it's not, it's not the worst. I just feel like it tried too hard. And it's, it's just, you're trying to hit a tennis ball with a wiffle ball bat, and you're just swinging at air, because you're not hitting the mark. But I don't feel like it's a terrible movie. If you take everything away from it, it's fine. But You just can't associate your name with stuff like that. And expect not to be graded on it. But once again thank you to everyone who decided to stop by this week. And give a listen. Thank you to everyone in Taiwan. If you are still listening. We are available on every platform. And hopefully we can keep this going. We are trying to get more things figured out on what we are going to do. We are trying to expand everything that we can. But... You know, it's just something that we'll have to figure out. Once again, I'd like to say special thanks to to my girlfriend's mother for recommending this. Uh, thank you. I really, really enjoy it whenever somebody recommends a movie. Because it, it makes me feel like people are interested. And it just makes it that much more interesting to do. And I, I have so much more fun doing it. And I hope you all have so much more fun listening to it. So, once again, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. And before we go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Anchor. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast and making it so easy for us to get our podcast out everywhere. Before we had Anchor, God, it sucked. It was so bad. But Anchor has helped out so much. I highly recommend checking them out. If you ever want to do anything like that, or if you just want to listen, you can listen on Anchor too. But with that being said, I guess you all know what, what time it is now. time to answer that call. Who's that call from? Ghostbusters. (laughs) Ghostbusters. Of, imbues a subject with the ability to... did you mark the cards <laughs> no you did didn't you yeah ah!